I'm Sean. And I'm Alex. <laughs> and that's Grayson. And this is Autism Building the Puzzle. One piece at a time. Hi, and welcome to Autism Building the Puzzle One Piece at a Time. I'm Sean, your host. And I am accompanied today by my lovely, incredible wife, Alexandria. What's up, baby? Hey, hey. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, Excited to be here. Yes. Um, another episode. I get to do it with you, my lovely wife, Aww, my favorite person in the whole wild world. <laughs> and I say this even after the Christmas holiday. Yes, the holidays. <laughs> the holidays were fantastic. Yeah. We had a great time relaxing. Yep. We stayed home Christmas Day and... Ate all day and it was wonderful. It was so good. <laughs> Alex complains that I cook too much, but no, I'm joking. Until she eats the I leftovers, then when, when she goes in the refrigerator two days later and it's filled with all these amazing leftovers, she's like, "Oh, okay." You actually just reminded me no, that I just that. put leftovers and heated them up, but it'll have to wait till we're done recording. <laughs> <laughs> Caught. Uh, guilty as charged. Yeah. So uh, this episode, we are going to spend a little bit of time talking about, um, you know, just some of the things you need to think about when you're preparing for, you know, your kids to grow up and, you know, go through their teenage years, through uh, puberty and Mm -hmm. into adulthood. And we're kind of just going to make this like an overall general episode about growing up and some of the things... You know, we have thought about uh, some of the things we want to plan for and some of the things you guys uh, should make sure you think about. Yes. Um, you know, maybe in the future we'll do one specifically geared towards certain thing. you know, certain parts of growing up and getting older, like, you know, um, puberty and you know, things like that. the workforce. So, yeah, some, so, but this is, this one we kind of just wanted to do an overarching, um, you know, discussion on that particular topic of growing old. Because a lot of the stuff we talk about is, you know, younger stuff. Because that's the stuff that we've been through, the stuff that we're experiencing currently. Right. Um, you know, and all that stuff is really, really important. But, and we always tell you, don't, you know, don't get your expectations up for what the future is going to be like. But at the same time, you do need to spend time kind of thinking and preparing for that so you're not caught off guard in the future. Right. But, you know, you can't set something for sure because with, you know, autism, things are constantly changing and you just don't know where you're going to be. So have a plan, but don't hold yourself to every detail of that plan because it may not happen like that. So, I mean, one of the things I wanted to touch on was um, Social Security. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people may not know this, and I've talked about it in some of the quick tips you know, a lot of the kids, you know, because they are considered to have a disability, will qualify for Social Security. Um, you know, they wouldn't necessarily in every state. Every state has some different, you know, guidelines and things like that. But right. um, it's something you, you should you should definitely look into. Um, the one drawback that I had seen from doing my research on it was just that if you do get them on SSI 
um, and then for some reason you want to, they want to come off of SSI, say to to work because they're able to, they you know they've grown and developed enough where they can hold a full time job or whatnot, and they want to come off SSI. Once they come off, if for some reason they ever had to go back on, it could be extremely, extremely challenging to get them back on. It would depend what changed so, in the disability and how yeah. they were doing at that time. So, so that, yeah. So, you know, that's something you want to consider, you know. Um, yeah, the extra income and in supporting your child could be really helpful. Um, but at the same time, if you can get away without it and kind of letting that you know, sit, sit out there as a safety net, that might be a better decision. But that, that I mean, that's all, all up to you and your individual situation, but it's something you definitely have to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, you know, that's something for the future that they could take advantage of, obviously, to help live a more independent life when they grow up as well. Um, you know, another thing you got to think about, too, is, you know, when you talk about financial planning for the future and stuff, a lot of people talk about a, um, what is that? Uh, the college, I forget the name of the college savings plan now, what it's called. Um, well, anyway, there's a college savings financial instrument that you can put money into and you get tax advantages in doing that. And that money could be used for, you know, sending your kids to college and paying for their college and things like that. And, you know, a lot of financial advisors can talk to you about that, but <clears throat> obviously with a child with autism, we don't necessarily know where the future is going for them, whether they'll be going to a college or, you know, some kind of trade or job type program. development program or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And when you put money into the co- those... Um, college savings programs they have to be used for educational purposes right um if you're a if you're a parent of multiple children you can transfer that money actually it's a 509 that's what it's called 509 um college savings program that 509 uh program can be transferred to other kids so if you have you know other kids that may be going out, going to college, you can always save in a 509 um, for the child in case they need it. And it, it could also be used for other schooling costs. It doesn't have to be college mm-hmm. schooling costs. It could be alternative, um, you know, job training type stuff. Certificate programs um, and things like that, too. Yes. and uh, maybe Anything you, to do with education. From what much. I've heard, you can even use it for you know, high school homeschooling education type oh, wow. costs and get a tax, you know, deduction or whatever, or use pre-tax money by putting it through there, running it through there. That's Almost cool. like kind of like H, uh, HSA for health stuff and you're getting, you know, using your, pre, you know, pre-tax money and right. stuff like that. So, you know, it's something you definitely want to, you know, we're not financial advisors, so take what we say is just a, you know, grain of salt and just kind of general information obviously um talk to a financial advisor about that kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know and talk to them as well if setting up some other type of um investment type vehicle might be better for your child i mean i know from us speaking to um a social worker when grayson was younger that you know he shouldn't have any kind of custodial bank accounts 
right. in his name with any kind of assets in them because it could affect um, what he qualifies to receive in the future. Right. Um, what kind of assistance in the future he could receive. So, you know, figuring out how to save for that kind of stuff is important because obviously, you know, they, their, their cost of living, you know, let's say they need to live in some sort of assisted-type facility... Or let's say they can live independently, but it's still some sort of government-assisted type program, like yeah, like we have in our apartment complex. We have some individuals that are adults that have some sort of a disability. Not sure if it's autism or you know what exactly they have going on, but they live together in a you know multi-bedroom so. apartment and stuff like that. So that that's some sort of a program. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know. And each state has different programs, so that's another thing. You're going to have to look into your individual state's programs mm-hmm. um, and what they, you know, qualify for. And so, these things are hard, guys, you know, talking about facilities and your child going in somewhere, but you do have to think about it if that was the case or, yeah. you know, if your child is very aggressive and, you know, they're destroying the home every single day. Um, it's something none of us want to think about. I mean, we even thought about it back then. Like, what happens if he's so bad? Like, we can't keep him at home, you know? And it was absolutely gut-wrenching to even think about. Yeah. Um, so it's really sad, and we get it, and it's hard. Um, but you do have to have these thoughts and develop a plan if that was to happen. Yeah, and I mean, it, it tried to stay even keeled emotionally about it and don't, like, have any expectations about what you think is going to happen in the future, but... You do need to have a little bit of foresight and planning for what those uh, future outcomes could potentially be. Right. Like I had said earlier. Um, You know, and that also goes for, like, estate planning. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, like I said, I'm not a financial expert. I'm not a lawyer or anything like that. But I know that we really need to keep anything that, we receive like life insurance money or anything he would receive life insurance money or you know a state from us uh if we were past god forbid in some sort of a um uh what's it called uh trust yeah so i know that we need to keep you know our money and anything that we get say life insurance that or i should say that he would get Mm -hmm. if god forbid we were to pass um into a trust uh so that it's protected for him and it doesn't go directly into his name where, you know, a situation could occur where the state would seize all of those assets and then provide him living services going forward. Right. So, like, those are all things that obviously, like I said, we're not lawyers, financial advisors, so you need to talk to those people about. Exactly. You're obviously your state planning. I think the thing we're trying to get out is to give you some points of things that you need to go look into one and then ideas of things and questions you need to ask those particular people right when you speak to them um uh so you know those are some of the most important things um that you need to look at another thing is just you know you don't know whether your child might be living with you as an adult and you know kind of creating some sort of a plan um with you know, whether you're doing ABA still as a, you know, they're a teenager and they're, you know, getting up towards being technically an adult at 18 or whatnot, um, 
talking to BCBA or you know somebody else you're working that they're working with on creating some sort of a kind of transition plan even if they're living in your home what kind of living situation are you going to have in the future if they're an adult child living at home long term um you know in terms of like independence and privacy and different things like that like you yeah. don't even really think about that but that's something you know you have to be kind of careful with and then you also have to think about transitioning even if they were to live on their own and they're high functioning you know a lot of them depend on their parents for a lot of different things mm-hmm. medical things if they're on medications and stuff like that making sure they're taking their medications like how if they're going to if they're living on their own are they going to handle that and how much do you need to be involved and for how long do you need to be involved at a certain level those are all things like you have to talk you know, about and things you have to talk to them about probably if they're high functioning as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's like a whole myriad of things that were, that were kind of thrown out at you with this episode, but it's a lot of things that people don't necessarily think about. And particularly when you're talking about financial stuff, like <clears throat> you need to start thinking about that earlier on because if you wait too long and you start thinking about it, you could have things set up completely wrong, and then it's a lot of work. Like and bank a, accounts. Yes. And a big headache to fix later on. <laughs> yeah, and that's something we should talk about is, you know, you don't want to have a bank account in your child's name. Um, we found this out at about when Grayson was about one and a half, and we immediately shut it down all of the account. We had an account in his name that we would put any kind of money he received into that account to save it up for him, and we had to completely close up the account. The only thing you can have for your child is if it's in a trust. Is that correct? Because what will happen is if when the child turns 18, if they need any kind of services or assistance from the state, let's say, you know, food stamps, cash, therapy, you know, provided by the state, they will then take all of that money in their account that you have saved up. Um, And again, you guys want to contact a lawyer, um, special needs lawyer, to be exact, and they can help you with all of these things and give you all of the information. So make sure you do your own research, your own DD, other than what we, you know, advise. So, yeah. And I mean, like we got contacted by a social worker early on when Grayson was in the early intervention program that's obviously run by the state. I think he still has her, so, actually. Yeah, and they have a assigned one. And I think it's very important, too, as they age out of early intervention to ha- you know to talk to that social worker, too, because they could talk about any, you know, kind of assistance or services that you can utilize or take advantage of as they age out of early intervention and stuff like that. Yeah, or even so. services when they're in EI, like respite care, and that was something that the social worker, that was pretty much all we talked about on the phone when she had called <laughs> and introduced herself, was like, well, if you're ever stressed out, you know, you can get involved. We have respite care, so you would call us, and we'd have somebody come out and watch your child, and you could go run your errands. So I was like, okay, hold on a second. Let me repeat what you're saying to me. And some of you might use this, and it might be very helpful if you're working a full-time job. You might need this. Um, to me, I'm always very against somebody watching my child. Um, it's one thing if it's grandma or grandpa, and even then, unless I was having an emergency or, like, they just wanted to see him, then I would. But I would never, like, 
you know, call my mother-in-law and be like, hey, um, I want to go to the mall. Do you think that you can watch? I would never do that. Grayson would either come with me or I would wait until Sean was home and he could watch Grayson then. Um, just because I've always felt like my child is my responsibility. And with what girl goes on in the world today, you need you can't just hire a stranger to babysit because too much happens. So when she had said that to me, I was just like, wait a minute. You think I'm going to call your office if I have to go to ShopRite or the mall and you're going to send somebody to watch? Yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> like, thank you, but yeah. no thank you. Like, I'll wait till my husband's around. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of different. <laughs> we're not big fans of respite care, but I mean, there's a lot of people that In have had good experiences it. or absolutely mm-hmm. need this, this the support and help because they're maybe a single parent or something like that. So, yeah. Um, but those are just examples of some of the things to think about. Um, then I think the last part I just wanted to touch on is just um, the whole, you know, growing up into, uh, you know, the teenage and adolescent years and the whole uh, puberty thing and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, like, yeah, we've all one. had different experiences growing up with our parents, like, talking about the birds and the bees and all that kind of my parents Good never stuff. ever talked about that. Yeah, and I think that's <laughs> maybe what, indirectly they. That's do. the thing I wanted to talk about. Actually, is you know, so many parents don't really have conversations to, to with their kids about that, and I think it's even more important uh, for kids, you know, that have autism to make sure you're talking to your kids about you know the birds and the bees and the changes that they're going to be going through, um, because you know. They don't understand um, what, you know, most kids don't understand what's happening with their body, especially kids with, you know, things like autism and, and other related disorders and things like that. You know, they get confused. And, you know, you also got to think about the fact that, you know, obviously people can take advantage of them. Um, I don't know. There's some messed up people out there in the world. So yeah. um, the more you can explain and teach them about that stuff, um the better it's going to be, the more it's going to help them. Um, you know, I know some parents, like I said, don't talk about the birds and the bees much. Like you had said, you didn't talk about that much no. when you were growing up. But no. my parents never did. I mean, I think it's really vital to do that when you have a uh, child on the spectrum. Because the last thing you want is to have your kid taken advantage of. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's scary. So, um, do you have anything else you want to add or you could think of about, um, preparing the kids for the future and, you know, different things you're going to go through? Um, no, but there is one thing I do want to touch on real fast that I just, I did myself that I just want to kind of pass along. I remember when Grayson was like two, I went on YouTube and I started like looking up videos of like programs. Like it's almost like the one place I looked at was like a high school program Mm -hmm. and they went to school there and then they put them into the workforce so they helped them to get jobs and in this high school they learned it was like basic things like doing the dishes how to take care of themselves yeah um and it just made you see that like this there are a lot of children that do that um so it gave me a lot of information on just kind of like what happens how it all works so go and do that. You know, you can find pretty much everything on YouTube. Just start looking up things. Look up, like, autism, workforce programs, you know, high school programs, and just to so you can see what's out there. So you can kind yeah. of look for it in your own town or, like, get a gauge on, like, what your your vision is for your child. 
So yeah, and keep checking back with that kind of stuff, like periodically, because obviously, you know, if your child's Grayson's age, five years old or something like that, things yeah. a lot of things are going to change. You know, in the course of the next decade, the next right. ten years till they're fifteen, and then. You know, you still have a couple more years after that, even until they're really getting into, you know, adulthood and mm-hmm. trying to help them become as independent as possible. So, you know, stay up to date on that stuff because it's going to change all the time. And the, definitely, you know, God willing, there's going to be a lot more great things out there um, to help these kids, you know, become independent, functioning uh, contributors to society on their own, which yeah. I think is great. So. Same. All right, well, uh, as usual, you can find us on um, IG as well as Facebook. We have a, um, a page and a group. Uh, we have our website, buildingthepuzzle.com. It's got our blog, all our other stuff on there. Grayson's favorite stuff on there. Mm-hmm. I was just looking at it today. IG and Facebook is Building the Puzzle. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, so anything else you want to add? No, thank you guys for tuning in, and we hope that you have a wonderful day. We'll see you soon. For Autism, Building the Puzzle, one piece at a time, I'm Sean. And I'm Alex. Signing off. Take care, everybody. Here at Building the Puzzle, we understand how difficult and challenging it can be for parents with autistic children that have communication delays. Well, if you're in New Jersey, you're in luck. The Speech Paradigm has you covered. They're helping children overcome speech challenges all across New Jersey. They offer both telehealth services